This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Jans Janaeus and Max Cohen. This is a special episode as we're going to be discussing Player of the Decade, along with some other topics as well to go along with it. We want to have a little fun based on everything going on in the world. I think we all need a little fun in our lives, and that's what this episode should be. So before we talk about Fulham, I just want to just mention to everyone one more time, as I've been saying on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, and also in the show. So, you know, again, I just hope everyone is just taking care of themselves during this very difficult time in all of our lives. It's, again, it's something, it's it's a human situation, and I just hope that everyone is taking all the proper precautions to stay safe and be healthy. And I'll keep tweeting that out and putting that on Facebook as we deal with the uh, coronavirus pandemic. So I just want to wish everyone to uh, one more time, stay safe and be healthy. Giannis, I'll go to you first. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on how you're doing and uh, on everything in general. And then after I, I introduce Max, we'll, we'll get into the show. But I just want to just touch base with you first. I think uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm working um, remotely from home. All our schools were shut down. Uh, three weeks ago, uh, we, I think we don't we don't till May the fourth. I, I suspect it will be pretty ambitious. So starting Monday, all our kids in elementary and uh, secondary school up here will be learning online starting on Monday. So it's been a lot of work, a lot of a lot of meetings, and uh, it's a little gloomy looking at the stats coming out. With you know our numbers are racking up. The U.S. you know it's almost catastrophic, especially in what's happening in New York. Italy, Spain. Um, it's surreal, really. It's surreal um, things that we took for granted before, but we can't now. Uh, we know it's going to pass. It's just a matter of when. And of course, if you're a sports fan, 
your fixes, you know, our fixes Fulham and, you know, football and all that sort of stuff. And the only thing that's taking place right now, and the only two things that are taking place around the world are the, the Belarusian Football Division 1 and um, Aussie Rules Football. And that's about it. So we just have to hunker down and hope for the best. And if people practice physical distancing, hopefully this can this can all end soon. I hope so, Yanis, and I just want to wish the best to you and your family and everyone around you. I just uh, hope, again, as I keep saying, just uh, stay healthy, be safe, my friend. Okay. And, and to yours, Russ. Okay, thank you, my friend. Max, over to you. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, you know, hanging in here, obviously, it's a totally new situation. Um, hope everyone is staying safe. You know, it's been almost a month since the Bristol City match. And it feels like a lifetime, you know, human beings really quickly adapt to the new reality. Right. And it seems like we've kind of settled, it's settled in pretty quickly that there's not going to be football for a while. Hopefully there will be football this summer, but not for a while. And, you know, I miss football more than anything, but when you think about it, most days it, it doesn't even register that much, honestly, because of everything else going on. Right. And it really does feel like so long that I was just here discussing you know, Tom Kearney's, you know, late equalizer at, at Ashton Gate. And that really does feel like a lifetime ago. So it would be nice to have that back in our lives to give us a distraction. Um, but right now, if you just look to the past, and I guess today, Russ, we're going to have a fun episode trying exactly. to take people's minds off this thing. That's the most important thing we can do now is look back in the past, look back on good times, look back on better times, and hope for this again in the near future. Absolutely, and uh, I've been contacted personally. I know other members of College Talk have as well. Well, when, when are you guys going to do a show? And uh, I actually think it's important to do a show. Obviously, what's going on in the world is number one, but uh, people need outlets, and uh, I want Cottage Talk to be an outlet for you. Everyone's home, taking care of themselves and their families. Well, I think we can do our part here to bring a little fun, and we are going to look back at the decade in a very interesting way. And we're just going to have some fun. I also want to mention that you'll be seeing videos soon on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. We have some great ideas to bring you some content. And uh, we just want to be able to do our part to bring a little Fulham into your lives while we deal with a very difficult period in the history of the world. So I just want to mention that. But let's have some fun. And as I mentioned, this show centering around player of the decade but that's how we're going to end the show we have other topics we're going to start with before that it's all going to lead to the three of us talking about who is our player of the decade and let me stress when that begins player of the decade will include from the 2009 2010 team which again went to the Europa League final that's where it begins and it ends obviously up to now so that's what we're looking at as a decade team. But let's start here, guys. And Giannis, I'm going to go to you. Let's talk about head coach slash manager of the decade. This could be interesting because there are some very worthy candidates. There are two that I'm thinking of. And then there are other candidates as well. You could go with Roy Hodgson at the beginning of the decade. You could go with Slavisa. Both you can make an argument for because you have one that, that brought us to the Europa League final. Before that, obviously, you have the great escape building up to the Europa League. 
everything that Fulham accomplished. On the other side, you have a manager slash head coach who brought you back to the Premier League. So I'm going to start with you. Who is the head coach slash manager of the decade, Giannis? I'd have to give it to Roy Hodgson. Um, it, and and this, it's a tough call because when Slovenia, we, you know, when we went on that 23 game run um, a couple of years back, we were under Slovenia, we were just playing the most lovely football, and and uh, it you know culminated with that. You know, it's sort of funny because that last game defeat to Birmingham City up at St Andrews, but then that incredible run to the playoff final. And that's something we'll never forget. But Roy Hodgson uh, is, I would say, is arguably the most revered manager in our in our history. Every time, you know, he's come back to Craven Cottage, he's, he's you know, he's been the reception has been unforgettable. And I think I think I'd name him the manager of the decade. Really, going even though it doesn't cover that, it really story starts with the Great Escape. Right. Um, the Europa League run was, was surreal because, you know, for all of us, we'd only got to one FA Cup final, 75, and the chance of getting to a Cup final is, is still a dream for many fans, let alone going to the Europa League. And the, to do what we do, did and the way we did it, in the dramatic way that we did it, to be that close to winning it with that team um, was was a remarkable was a remarkable story. And he... You know, he will forever have the respect of the Fulham fans. He'll, he'll, be, he'll forever be loved because of it. And although Slovenia will have all of our respect, Roy Hodgson is one of these these people who I'd like to think most people, most Fulham fans will fall. Um, you don't have to be a Palace fan. I hope he does well. At, as, I hope he's done well at um, Sellers Park. I, was, I felt bad for him when it didn't go well for him at Anfield. I didn't think he was given enough of a chance up at Liverpool. Totally agree. He's been a yeah, he's been a winner wherever he's done. But for me, at the end of the day, for for that that story, that trip to Europa League final, I think he'd, he'd have to be our manager of the decade. Okay. Max, over to you. Giannis makes a good argument for Roy Hodgson. I'll share mine after you share yours. But there could be an argument made for Savisa because Savisa took us from where Fulham were struggling just to stay in the championship to the Premier League. So you can make an argument for Slavisa as well. Who is your manager slash head coach of the decade? So I'm actually going to go with neither of those two. Really? Uh, a bit of a shock here. I, for me, I, I, I can't pick Hodgson because Europe League Finals is one of the club's best ever moments, but I think it's tough to pick a manager of the decade that was only in the decade for half a year. It, that's tough. I see that the 2010s, I just, he can't be the man of the decade for me. And Slavisa, love Slavisa, but it's not going to be him. It's going to be Martin Yol for me. And I know really? it's a shock. I want to be out of the box here. But here's why, guys. Okay. I think that was the pinnacle of the decade. I, I see the decade really as like, maybe your bleak final, sure. But for me, the sustained success from 2011 to this 2013 season. So 2011, 12, and 2012, 13. For me, 2011-12, my favorite season of that decade. Clint Dempsey, one of the best seasons I've seen from a Fulham player, perhaps ever, with uh, those 20 goals in the Premier League, finished third in PFA voting. Fulham were ninth in the league, 52 points, level with Liverpool. And the results that we achieved that year, I think, 
were superb, and I don't think they'll really be, be bettered in, in that decade, at least in the league for sure. You know, we were 2 0 down to City, came back 2 2 to draw in the last minute comeback against eventual winners. 6 0 thrashing over QPR, Andy Johnson hat trick, drew Arsenal away, beat them at home, drew Chelsea home and away, and did the, the double over Liverpool all in one season. I think you won't see better results in a league season in the entire decade. And then 2012-13 was not as good, but you draw Arsenal away 3-3 in a great match. You draw Chelsea away, and you beat Spurs at White Hart Lane for the first time in decades. And we did finish 12th that year. But I think those results, that's where you want to be in the Premier League, beating the top sides, going toe-to-toe. And for me, it was between Yol and Yukanovic. And... Slavisa loved him, but I think you have to look at what they did at, at the top level. And at the top level with Martin Yole, we were challenging the best teams and beating the best teams. Yes, it did go sour um, in 2013-14, but Slavisa perhaps went even worse when we were in the, the first uh, months in the Premier League. So okay. if you look at who did best at the elite level, for me, it has to be Martin Yole. And I know it's going to be a little controversial, but I'm sticking with it. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. What are your thoughts about Max going with Martin Yole? And uh, I think he makes a decent argument about Martin Yole. I'm going to disagree because I, I still go with one of the other two. But I see where Max is going because he's looking at the time in the Premier League. And this is all he's focusing on what happened that season. He went through the matches, and that's a strong argument. And then after that, we can blame uh, the lack of funds that uh, Yol had, honestly, with the situation when, when we lost Dembele and lost Dempsey. It really wasn't a, a fair fight for him. I, I, you can make that argument, too. So I understand why Max is bringing up Martin Yol. Your thoughts? Oh, I was getting scared for a moment. I thought he was going to mention Felix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he said left field, I thought, oh, God, he's going to go Mark bothering him as the captain. <laughs> Frederick score as a centre back. Um, well, yeah, no, no, no I, I mean, I, I, I was a Martignol fan. I, 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 I didn't have anything against him, and, and I think you're right, Russ. When we lost uh, Dempsey and um, uh, Musa, we, you know, financially we were, we didn't use the funds to reinvest in the no. squad, and, and it's just, um, I, I think. The, I mean, it, it, the beauty of it is subjective. It's, it's, uh, for me, it's just to me. If you look at the, something in a decade, it, 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 however long the person's in the position, to me, it's, it's about impact. And I just, I, I mean, it, it's. I'm just thinking that all the years I've uh, followed football, and I, and there aren't many managers who are as revered by their fans. As as um, Roy Hodgson is still, um, they love him. We we love him. We 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 always will. He he will be a legend um, forever. He's um, because it, in our lifetimes it might be the last time we ever get even close to a Europa League, let alone getting to the, the actual final and playing a team like Atletico, who were a superb side. And um, but Yol did do a good job. I mean, we had some stiffs in this decade. I don't think there's any. Oh, absolutely. Um, but we also had some good managers as well. And we did get, you know, we were back in the Premier League and spent a number of seasons there. And, you know, things didn't always go according to plan. But, yeah, Yol deserves to be up there. 
um, for sure. He certainly deserves that respect. Is he still coaching, by the way? I'm not sure. It's a good question. I'm not sure if he is, but check on that. Okay, we can we can definitely check on that. But I understand now, you know, and I'm glad that Max really made a strong argument. I, I said, uh, you know, a decent argument, but I'm going to change that and say it was a strong argument because while I look back at it, and um, he's not going to be my choice, but Max does make a a, a nice argument for Marniol. I, I think he deserves a little bit more credit, and that's why. When we look back at Yule, you have to factor in the financial problem that he was dealing with in that season where he lost Dembele and lost Dempsey. That was a difficult situation to put a manager in because you go back and watch that first match of the season. You saw the potential that Fulham had, and then it was ripped from you. And he was the manager at the time. So we can be critical of Martin Yule, and then he deserves criticism but i think there are also factors that hurt his uh time at Fulham, and, and i think that needs to be mentioned so i understand why max is making the argument for marniel i'm gonna go with roy hodson and my argument's a little bit different from Giannis's. i understand where Giannis is talking about but i'm glad that he talked about the beginning stages i'm gonna say that roy hodson even though we're focusing on the decade. He changed the culture of Fulham way before that with a great escape. So that's where my argument with Giannis is pretty similar because at that point we were in survival mode. And then he changed that. He changed how Fulham played. Again, they were a difficult team to beat. And he brought that to Fulham. And especially at home, for me, again, watching Fulham now, I can't go back in time like you can, Giannis, but for me, he made Craven Cottage a fortress. And that's something that you have to look at. And and when you look at the Europa League run, you really see that. They are also played well on the road in the Europa League run. But for me, the reason why I go with Roy Hodgson is changing foam forever, what he did, saving them and changing them. And uh, again, he did that. And uh, if he stayed, who knows what would have happened at Fulham, but he went to Liverpool. But that, to me, again, it starts with Roy Hodgson. Good argument for Martin Yol, Max. And listen, I I have a lot of love for Savisa. I really do. But for me, it's got to be Roy Hodgson. So I'm I'm going with Giannis, and Max goes with Martin Yol. And if you listen to the show, let us know. Please tweet us and put on the Cars Talk Facebook page who is uh, your head coach slash manager of the decade. I definitely want your feedback on that. Okay, guys, let's now talk about team of the decade. Give me your starting 11 for the decade. Now, you can use any formation you want. Max, I'll go with you first. And you have 10 years to look at. Go position by position. Give me your starting 11. Oh, it's a tough ass, but I'll try my best here. Um, I think I'll go with four four two. Okay. Um, and here we go. So I think in goal has to be Mark Schwartzer. He's he's really the, the standout keeper from the decade. And the center back pairing is going to be a classic one from the same era. It's going to be Hughes and Hangland. Yep. Fullbacks. It gets interesting here. Um, yeah. I want to say Sasha Ritter 
right back and left back, I'm going to say Sessegnon. He'll, he'll be bombing forward from left back. I wanted to put him left mid, but we have a, some very, very other strong competitors in there. So he has to drop the left back, but he'll be very attacking. Um, okay. Center midfield, tough one. I'm going to say definitely Moussi Dembele's in there. And who's he alongside, you know? I'm going to say alongside Tom Kearney, could have been Danny Murphy, but I think I'm going to creativity of Kearney in there. Left left mid is going to be Clint Dempsey. On the right, um, again, I mean, you have a lot of options. It, it's tough as well, but I'm, I'm going to say, I want to say Damian Duff. I know he's primarily left wing. I'm not sure if that's going to work in a formation, but I have to throw him in there, how, okay. whatever way you want him in there. And then up top, again, a lot of good options, but going to be, Mitrovic and Berbatov. Oh. Could have been Ross McCormack up there as well, but I just love the hardworking wow. combo of Berbatov. Sorry, hardworking combo of Mitrovic and the very lazy Berbatov. I think they could work well together. <laughs> uh, Mitrovic does all the work. Berbatov's trying to finish it off uh, with the plum. Wow. Very interesting. Before I go to Giannis with his starting 11, obviously uh, the center backs, I completely agree with you with the goalkeeper. It gets interesting when you go to central midfield as a 4-4-2. You went with Tom Kearney and Moussa Dembele. And sorry, I, I have to go with Danny Murphy. That's where you lose me. Beyond that, up front, I agree with you. If I look at the fullbacks, I disagree a little bit. You know, I, I understand why you went with Cessnion. I was actually thinking of Paul Koncheski. I thought Paul Koncheski did a very nice job. But, you know, beyond that, okay. I can see where you're going on that. And I might even say Ryan Fredericks for your right back. So just a couple of differences. Over to you, Giannis. Thoughts on Max's um, starting 11 for the decade? And then what, what is yours? Uh, it, 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 it's a good lineup. I mean, it's, I, don't, I, 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 have, I, I mean, there will be some differences for me, but I've got a few arguments. Um, I think, um, I think, one person I wouldn't and I wouldn't have in there and is not in mine is Kenny. Um, but I think, I mean, team of the decade. It's a tough one because it's you're trying to ally what you think will be the best team with the players that you find your favourites, and, and often right. the favourites will, will tend to have a little bit more bias, and then that might change the change the formation in terms of how you put it, so that you'd like to get them get the person in there and the in the you know your favourite in there as opposed to whether the shape looks a little better, but Max's eleven is a very good one, and I mean I've got a few I've got a few arguments with it. It's a it's a team of quality, it's a team of um, depth, it's a team of skill. You've got some you've got some finesse, but you've got some some hardworking, hard tackling players in there as well, and some intelligent players that, that, that understand the game. So it, Max's is a very very good eleven, for sure. Okay. For sure. So How about you? My, my turn, right. So I, I, this was a difficult one, but I actually last night worked on this. <laughs> but I, I decided to go. I decided to go for three, four, two, one. Wow. Um, yeah, I did. Um, my goalkeeper is is, is Mark Schwarter. Um, okay. I, I, there's no doubt for me. In this one. My back three would uh, be. It's a bit sound a bit odd. Would be. Um, Aaron Hughes, Britta Hangeland, and uh, everybody's favorite, Chris Berdino. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You got me there. Okay. Yeah. I love Berdino. Uh, Go ahead. Berdino. Um, my midfield, um, 
was actually my easiest to pick. Um, it would be Ryan Sessegnon on, on the left, um, Damien Duff on the right, uh, Musa and uh, Danny Murphy in the middle. And then my two, my two, my two uh, players in front of the four would be uh, Clint Dempsey and uh, Dimitar Berbatov. Yeah. And then my main strike up there would be Mitrovic. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Very it, now, interesting. Yeah, I liked. There were some that I wrestled with, um, to be honest. Kenny would not have made my 11 because Kenny, for me, doesn't, for his skill, he doesn't, do, he still, for me, doesn't do enough um, to warrant. If you, I mean, the two that I put in that where he could have been, Dempsey scored goals. Dempsey was a clever player. Uh, I thought he was a thinking player. And he was a huge, huge loss when we lost at the Tottenham. And he was never the same player. Um, and we'll never know why he left, spat with Yol, whatever it was, but he had the balls to come back to Fulham uh, on loan, and, and, and he deserved a lot of respect for that. And Berbatov is one of the most talented players I've ever seen at the, cl- the club, maybe one of the top two, together with George Best. But Berbatov had the best first touch of maybe any player ever in the Premier League, and he did things that just would make you just completely gobsmack you. And he could do the unpredictable. The goal, as an example, the, the, the volley against Stoke City yep. uh, at the cottage. Sheer genius. Um, and Mitro, well, Zamora could have been... Did we haven't mentioned Bobby Zamora at all. No, and I, was a big, and I was a big Bobby Zamora fan. I really was. A, and, and I still am. The thing that put Mitro ahead for me was because towards the end of the tenure of Zamora... He fell, well, you could say not even towards the end, quite a ways towards the end. He fell out of love with the full and faithful. They'd given him some stick early on. I don't think they appreciated the player that they had. Zamora was a very, very a good, very good player, very good hold-up player, scored some critical, critical goals for us. Um, but then he went to QPR, you know, and, I, and I, it just it, for some reason it, it sort of it, it rankled yeah. that he went there. Um, he doesn't deserve any less respect. In the old days, you had, you know, 11 players plus a sub. And he'd be my number, Zamora would be my number 12. Okay. Um, but Mitro bleeds full on. Um, and he, he does. And that's something that Zamora never did. Um, and Mitro is uh, the first player on the, in the, on the, um, the game sheet. And... Uh, he scored a lot of goals for us, and he and he worked very very hard. And remember, he's only twenty three, twenty four. That's right. He's not even at his physical peak. But in terms of the ten years, yeah, I would, I'd give him the edge. Okay. Um, over uh, over Zamor. Okay. Very interesting stuff. And going back to talking about the midfield, because uh, when I look at it, and I, and I understand why Max has included Tom Kearney and you took him out. It's, it's an interesting argument. For me, I can't not put in – I have to include my favorite player of all time, which is Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy, for me, was the engine. And uh, when I look at that team, any team that he was a part of was going to be successful. I know it didn't really work out great for him at Blackburn. Honestly, didn't really watch that season for him at Blackburn. But at Fulham, he was vital. And when I think of Fulham, I always think of Danny Murphy. So – he has to be included in mine. But uh, I like both of your 
starting 11s, guys. It's it's very interesting. And before we talk about player of the decade, let's drill down a little bit more. And let's talk about, first, let's start here. Let's, it's a consensus that the goalkeeper is going to be Schwartz. So we're not going to talk about an argument of another goalkeeper. But, Max, I'll start with you. Who was the best player of the decade on defense for Fulham? So, center back, be fullback, or center back? Yeah, I think. I mean, it has to be Brett Hangland. I don't think we've seen a center back quite like him um, in in the entire decade. He was such a talisman, in, you know. Um, and unfortunately, the way it ended with him, with Fulham, you know, with him being let go after he got relegated in. in like an email he said, it was very odd circumstances, of course, after the whole cheese incident. It ended very poorly. No one wanted to end that way, but the past four years of the decade were superb. He commanded a six-yard box unlike anything I've ever seen. His height was massive. I mean, we miss that presence every single season. I don't think we've ever replaced that, and I think we're still very susceptible from set pieces. Currently, we never replaced, and it's partnership with Aaron Hughes, who deserves an honorable mention. It's tough. He, he, I think he's sometimes like overshadowed by Hanglin, but Aaron Hughes is superb, and Hanglin has to be the guy for me. What he brought to the back for, because we really were a defensively solid team yeah. um, towards the start of the season. And sorry, towards the start of the decade. And, and people forget that, you know, because I think we really straight from those, for those philosophies. Yeah, we, and, you know, I think people can argue whether you want to be defensively solid versus attackingly fluid. And we've certainly seen, you know, the two differing philosophies in, in the past decade. But when we were defensive solid, Hanglin was such a big part of that. Um, and he just really, as you mentioned, I think in conversation, you're talking about Mitro versus Zamora, whereas Mitro loved the club and Zamora had issues. I, mean, I think Hanglin is flowing through and through, and that will never change. And that's okay. what also really appeals to me, is how okay. much you love the team and how much you represent the team. Okay, excellent. It's funny because uh, I'd like to make an argument for Aaron Hughes because I thought he was excellent, but I think you have to go with Breda Hanglin for me, I, I don't think there's a, a close second. Like I said, I, I think a second for me is Aaron Hughes, but I don't think it's that close. Giannis, over to you. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, for me it's Hangeland. And, and just remember when Hangeland did leave, he, I thought he was, you know, you could see that the downside has started to creep in. He was beginning to make, um, you know, decision-making mistakes. He'd, he was never the quickest player anyway, but he was beginning to lose a bit of pace. So when he left, I thought it was probably at the right time. You know, he'd, he'd had his day at Fulham and we still had huge fond memories. But in, in terms of that decade, he was a, a real quality player. If I, the main reason being his ability to read a game and he, was, he kept things very, very simple. And um, But I think that a lot of that is actually to do with Aaron Hughes. Aaron Hughes... Um, was like a fine wine who seemed to improve with, with age. And Hughes is another one who, um, every time he comes back to Craven Cottage, will be extremely warmly welcomed. Uh, Absolutely. He was a no-fuss defender who was obviously a team defender, international player, much like Brenner. And uh, they were an outstanding partnership. And that partnership can, you know, that partnership went really from strength to strength. And, and for me to you know pick a team of the decade, Aaron Hughes had to be in there uh, yeah. at some point. You know whether you whether it was going to be with a back three or a back four. I just thought his he was calmness personified, and uh, I'm glad he was able to play for several years after he left us and play at a high level. And um, he's a player that uh, is going to be revered for a long, long time. But Hangeland for me was the best uh, Fulham defender we had in the 
the 2010s. Okay. And I agree with that, but I also wanted to mention Aaron Hughes. And, uh, Giannis, before we move on, uh, I guess Philip Senderos shouldn't be part of that conversation, right? So, <laughs> you know what? The, I um, Send a horse, as I like to call him. What a horse. Um, well, I mean, you know, he scored the winner against Arsenal. He did. Um, he scored against Palace, which was the, you know, the Kasami, Kasami game. Um, this is a fellow that was capped a number of times by Switzerland. Yep. Played was a starting centre back for Arsenal. Um, he was an awkward, an awkward player. To say the least. But, yeah, but, but but then you know he he, he was difficult to dislike. He he, he, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't of that quality. Um, I did, I don't not sure. Uh, we didn't do a second team of the decade. I'm not even sure we'd have made a third. But yeah. um, but, but but you know what? He was an he was an honest player. Managed to get have a very good career, and he certainly contributed the full. Of his, but um, you know, compared to Hangeland and uh, um, and Hughes, is really sort of no comparison. Now, I'm sorry I couldn't mention Senderhorse. Very sorry. <laughs> That was a little joke there, my friend, but uh, I, I just had to throw that in there because I know how you felt about uh, Senderos. Oh, wanted... <laughs> okay. Good stuff, guys. This one is going to be extremely interesting because it's broad, broad uh, topic here. So who is your midfielder of the decade? I'm going to get us started, and this could be controversial. I'm going to say Danny Murphy. Okay, I'm going with Danny Murphy as my midfielder of the decade. Giannis, I'll give you first crack at this. Danny Murphy is one of my all-time favorite Fulham players. I mean, when he came to, to Fulham in 07, I was ecstatic because he's, you know, we all know about his career at Liverpool and um, such a smart player. Not the quickest, but read the game well. Rarely gave away possession. He was a huge part of, um, you know, the, the great escape notwithstanding that great goal down at Fountain Park and the missed penalty against Joe Hart up at uh, Man City and scoring the rebound. But to me, um, mine is Moussa Dembele. Moussa Dembele was on a different, to me, was on a different, in a different um, stratosphere. Yeah. He was a player, it was devastating when we, our club lost him. Oh, was, completely. Yeah, I mean, we talk about players that are not replaceable. He was not replaceable, yep. and we did not replace him. He had the sweetest left foot. He could turn on a dime. He had skill to burn. His ability to break away from players was, was scary. He, he was smart. He wasn't soft, uh, but he was extremely clever and um, a wonderful player. A wonderful player, and it still pisses me off the the number of players that we've lost to Tottenham, oh. and they've just gone down the toilet. People ask me why I have this issue with Tottenham. He's one of the reasons, along with Dempsey, but it goes beyond that too. And Sessegnon. Sessegnon too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, I mean, the uh, uh, just such an, a wonderful player, and he 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 played the game with grace, and he just he was just a different. I, I, it's difficult to describe what he was like as a player, he, but he was... Moussa Dembele, in terms of the... If you put together a greatest Fulham team of all time, 
Dembele has to be in there. He's, he's got to be. And then, and even going back to the whoa, going back to the Warriors um, and all the great players that we've had play for us, Dembele would have to be in there. And that is the biggest compliment I can pay him. He he was one of those people that excited me when he got the ball. You could hear the fans suddenly. There'd be a there'd be a hush of uh, you know expectation about what's he going to do next. And um, I never thought he was given that. I mean, he had a he had a good career at Tottenham. Don't get me wrong, but he just wasn't the same sort of influence as he was at the, was at the cottage. Um, but I totally agree. Me, best midfielder of the decade. Okay. I, I think absolutely. But Murphy, hey, this I'm never gonna, I'm never ever gonna say a bad word about Danny Murphy. So, okay. Um, it's you know, for me, he'd be a close number two. Okay. And Giannis, you make a very strong argument for Moussa Dembele while you were talking about it. I, I want to give you credit here because you made me think about this, and then I'll go to Max. Which player leaving Fulham hurt them the most? And it would have to be Dembele because Fulham were never the same without Dembele. They never replaced Moussa Dembele. Did they ever replace Danny Murphy? Probably not either, but I think the hurt was more with losing Dembele. It was that massive of a loss. So I think that is a good argument that you made there, even though I went with my heart. My heart says Danny Murphy. How about you, Max? Who's the midfielder of the decade? Uh, I love this argument because it brings up so many of the things I really feel strongly about. Um, Go ahead. And you've touched on a number of times, Russ. Uh, the summer of 2012, I've written about this in the past. Such a lost moment, a turning point for the club. Yeah, we're going to do a show on that, by the way. We should, we should, because it's a tremendously important moment. And it all goes down to, my opinion, Mohamed Al-Fayed. I'll never say a bad word about him. He's a legend. He turned this club around, brought us its proudest moments. But in that summer, he was looking to sell. And any businessman tells you, you don't invest strongly into something, you're looking to move along the next summer. That's exactly what happened when he sold to Shahid Khan. So Afayed was perfectly fine keeping that aging squad, not really replacing Dempsey Dembele, who we needed to replace. We didn't replace him. And that's what set the scene for the, the, the not great 2012-13 season and then the following season, the devastating relegation. That summer was such a turning point. We didn't seize the moment. Um, and look where we are now. But we're talking about the best midfield of the decade. Another plug to my man, Martin Yole. Who who is the one who realized that Musa Dembele was not a striker, was oh, actually right. a deep lying midfielder, and that was Martin Yol. Mark Hughes bought him um, from the Dutch league as a striker. Yep, and, and that's where he played most of, most of that 2010-11 season. People kind of forget that Martin Yol is a guy who said, "Listen, Dembele, I see you having that future as a midfielder," and we need to give him credit for that. That being said, you know I, I would have said Dembele. I think it's really tough between me between Dembele and Dempsey. Because Yana said Dembele, I'm going to go with Dempsey, just for okay. the sake of an argument here. And I think we'll, we'll never play like Dempsey at the college again. I mean, what he did, I, I really started with that 2011-12 season. Was one of the was one of the best home seasons ever from an individual standpoint of what he did. To score around 20 goals as a midfielder in that Premier League. Um, he, he was voted the third best player in the entire division by his fellow players that year. Yep. And I remember. honestly, I think he really could have been the first. I think <clears throat> someone like Paul Scholes got voted ahead of him just for reputation alone. But what Dempsey brought to the team was a combination of passion. I'll never forget when he played through that kind of bruised, bruised eye, black eye, West Ham away. Yep. Um, skill. We all know the famous chip against Juventus. But some of the other, the free kicks he scored. I'm thinking of Bolton and Sunderland those games. 
amazing range uh, with that left foot. But also, it's just ingenuity. The hat, first American to score a hat-trick in the Premier League against Newcastle. He scored one of those goals with his thigh falling over. Um, but I'm pretty sure he meant it. I think he was one of those most extraordinary players. And he left for Tottenham. We'll never forgive him for that. Never will. Um, and I don't think – you'll be very hard-pressed to find a phone player who left Fulham and had a better career in this decade. Yeah. Everyone thinks the grass is greener on the other side. Everyone thinks I can do better than little old Fulham. Very, very rarely does that happen. And I think Dempsey's a uh, part of that. But, you know, I think he is my midfield of the decade. Okay. Very good. All right. Very interesting from the two of you. Max, right back to you. We're going to talk about striker of the decade. This one should be fun. Okay. Who is your striker of the decade? Giannis already mentioned you can talk about Bobby Zamora, Dimitar Berbatov, or Mitro. Now, let me say this about Mitro. I, I want to just talk about Mitro. I'm glad that Giannis brought this up because not enough is talked about when we talk about Mitro, and I want to talk about it now, is that Mitro bleeds Fulham, okay? Because I keep getting these articles telling me that Mitro could leave if Fulham don't get promoted. Now, that could happen, but Mitro loves Fulham. And, again, I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think of him leaving because of his love for Fulham. Living in London, I'm just telling you, people that are worried that he's going to leave Fulham, I think you need to dial it down a little bit because you have to factor in how much he loves the club. He totally loves the club. The club is what he needed at the time, and he has thrived at Fulham. He might leave someday, probably will, but I'm just telling you, it's going to take the right situation for him to leave because he loves Fulham. Okay, enough said Talking about Mitro, Max, striker of the decade. Yeah, I think the number of names you can talk about here, as you mentioned, Mitro, Zamora, uh, Berbatov. Uh, honorable mention to Pavel Pogrebniak. You know, only half a season here, but it was memorable. Uh, you know, Ross McCormack, I think, honestly deserves a very, very big shout. I'm not going to okay. give to him, but sure. what he did to – he when, when you think about strikers, I think I'm going to give it to Mitrovic because – the main reason is we rely so much on him. And he is the biggest part of the team. And everything we do essentially goes through him. If we score a goal, it's it's most likely going to be Mitrovic. And I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but Sky Sports posted all the full goals from this championship season. And it's remarkable. I mean, you see the stats, but when you watch it all in, in, in one video, around 75% of Mitrovic. I mean, the guy yep. is the heart of every single thing we do. And it's been that way essentially for three seasons, which is which is amazing. He's one of the main reasons we won promotion in, in 2018. He was one of the, the few bright spots uh, in the Premier League season. And as you mentioned, right, he loves Fulham. Him and Kennedy, I have so much respect for them. Even if they play terrible for the rest of, rest of their career, I won't forget their decision to stay with Fulham this season when they easily could have gone on to bigger and better things. Mitrovic in particular. I mean, that guy is a Premier yep. League player, let's be honest. Right. He has no right being in this division. But ask yourself he, why he stayed. Because he loves the club, and he knows exactly. If he leaves, just he's making the smart decision that Dembele and Dempsey, and honestly Ryan Sessegnon, never could have made. They they never had the intelligence to do what Mitrovic did, and that's to stay at the club. Because when you leave Fulham, you're never going to be the main man. Okay, you just won't be. And you'll think your agent will tell you it's the best decision. Your heart will tell you, oh, I can't wait to play for a quote unquote big club, and you'll sit on the bench, and you won't play. And and you'll think, why did I ever leave that, that, that great team that actually appreciated me? 
you know, that that's my bitterness talking through. That's honestly Andy Ryan Session, and I think he's made a terrible decision. I, I think love he him too. to death, but he's, he's wasting his career. Uh, but anyway, Mitch Rich is my, is my strike of the decade. But let's also talk about uh, Moussa Dembele, not uh, the French Moussa Dembele, because he yep. he's actually a player, to contradict myself, who actually has improved his career moving on. But yep. um, he could have gone to Tottenham. I think he said no to Tottenham, and that was smart. He made his step up in incremental steps, right? He went to Celtic yep. and then Leon, whereas I think the players I just mentioned before him kind of went right to the top without realizing, I need a stepping stone here. So just just to talk about that for a second. But we, ha- we have we've been blessed with great strikers. We have. In, in the very lean years when we were fighting relegation from the championship, Ross McCormack stepped up. I'm glad that you mentioned Ross McCormack. We need to mention great. McCormack. He gets no credit. He gets no credit because he's a He deserves player. credit. He kept Fulham <laughs> in the league, he okay? He did. He deserves he did. credit. Okay. Very good. Giannis, over to you. Striker of the decade. This is an interesting one because, because I actually think it should have been Ross McCormack. I think I think um, he's going to go down. Um, he's going to go down as one of those stories we read about that you know the rich, richest of rags. Um, he did tremendously well for us. Um, he scored vital goals. He kept us up. Absolutely. He quality. Yeah, credibility. But it all went really horribly south when he went to Villa. And um, you don't, you know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's sad when you read stories like like his. Um, you know, he went from being a you know a top quality striker, Scottish international, to really just falling you know falling off the rails, and that's a and that's a real shame. Um, I don't want him to be lost in the. I mean, if you if you had a um, you know a regular eleven of the decade and a subs bench, he'd be on my subs bench. I think. He had all the potential of being our best striker of the decade. I, I really, really believe that. So, you know, I mentioned to him because that was a sad story and uh, something, you you know, really sort of self-destruction. I don't know. I'm not really sure what happened. He, he got married and I think he had a couple of kids and he just, he wasn't able to settle down for whatever reason, um, unfortunately. So back to the task at hand, best striker. Oh, man. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Um, it's a tough one, Giannis. It's it, not easy. It is. It is. I'm. I'm. I. I'm not going to give it to Dempsey. Although I. I will always have a. I was furious when he left. I. I. I was furious when he left. It just. It, it, I was. Um. I was probably more upset that he left us than Dembele. Because he was just such a. He sprouted so quickly as a player. And, you know, from being someone who was, you know, part of the the U.S. international setup to being, you know, such an integral part, an international class striker, a player who, scored, who could score world-class goals, who was a good pass over ball, to us suddenly losing him and losing, us, losing him to, to that lot, really. And, and we, you know, there were lots of rumors guys about why he left and we still don't know why he left I mean I tried to put two and two together say that maybe I think Klinsman was a factor Giannis I think so and I think Martin Yon may have had something he talked about being disrespected and we never got to the bottom of what that actually meant but the, the, the measure of the man is the fact that he came back 
I mean, and uh, albeit on a, on a season where we got relegated, and he wasn't the same player, and uh, and that was sad because he wasn't the same player when no. he came back. But he did come back, and just because his second spell was nowhere near as good as his first, um, I wouldn't take I wouldn't take him out of that eleven. But to me, it would have to be Mitro. Mitro yep. scares the bejeebas out of defenders. Um, I don't think we've ever really done a good enough job in terms of servicing him. I think he's absolutely brilliant in the air. That win against Swansea was, uh, well, well, I mean, you know, I mean, cross notwithstanding, an, an unbelievable header. Um, and I don't think we, we service him enough. I think, you know, Scotty Parker's challenge when we do come back is looking at our wide players. And say, how do we service? How do we service this fella? And um, you know, during the break, he's got to look at. When you look at players like Knockhart and Cavallero, are they providing him with the necessary crosses, or are they too individualistic? Um, we, you, you know, you're only as good often as the service you receive to your best player. And I think he could do with better service. I don't think he's, he scores goals despite the fact that service isn't always good. Um, but for me, he has been our best striker over the decade. He's been, he's fallen through and through, and we're delighted to have him. And he's, let's be honest, he's four or five years off his physical peak. That's right. I mean, he's big now. He's going to be a monster. Uh, I mean, he just, and he does, he does everything right. And um, yeah, it, it, I can't really look, I can't look past him in terms of uh, striker of the decade. It has to be mature for me. Okay, and I'm going to go with you and Max on. Mitro, because uh, I think he deserves it. I, I've already mentioned about being a Fulham player, but when I look at this, and I love Bobby Zamora, because I was thinking about Zamora and the talent of Berbatov and who was the uh, striker of the decade. I look at, I'm look, i a team guy, and I look, who was the best team striker? Well, I think it has to be Mitro. And you made the argument already, Giannis, talking about the difference between Zamora. was more about, again, Zamora than Fulham. But Mitro has always been about Fulham. So for me, it has to be Mitro, hands down. But you have talented strikers, and I'm glad that we're talking about Dempsey. Dempsey brought me to Fulham, so I have to mention him. I'll always be a fan of Quint Dempsey's. But he was dead to me when he left. The way he acted in the end really upset me. But he redeemed himself by coming back, even though, as Giannis already said, he was not the same player. But he saw, again, that the grass was not greener, and he came back for a short period of time and, uh, I, I think, righted that wrong a little bit. So, again, I want to give Quint Dempsey credit. I'm glad that Max brought up some of these players that have left, and the majority of them, the grass is not greener. Moussa Dembele, the French Moussa Dembele being the exception to the rule. You look at some of these players that could have been part of this team, I'm going to mention a couple. Emerson Hyman. Emerson Hyman is now playing for Atlanta United. Good, good for Emerson Hyman. The grass is not greener. He should have stayed at full. I'm going to say that right now. Pat Roberts, same exact thing. Now, I know he's playing in the championship, but I think he would have been better off staying at Fulham. And I'm going to say this now, and then we're going to talk about player of the decade. I have to go back and talk about Ryan Sessegnon. Because I keep going back and forth with Tottenham fans on Twitter who 
continue to make the argument that it was the best move for him to go to Tottenham. Can I say you're all full of crap, okay? You're just trying to stockpile a talented player. I keep seeing it after every match he plays, and he doesn't play up to your ability because he's not a flashy player. You rip him to shreds. Ryan Sessegnon should have stayed at Fulham. Ryan Sessegnon should come back to Fulham on love, okay? A, a place where he is beloved and will grow as a player. He is, again, not getting that opportunity at Tottenham Hotspur. It bothers me because he is so talented. And he made the decision. I understand why he made the decision. In my opinion, he made the wrong decision. He should have stayed and then maybe in a couple more seasons made that move. He was not ready for that club the way that that club is run. I don't care. I've heard the argument about Pochettino is great with young players. Well, he's gone. So now you have Mourinho. And how's it working out for Ryan Sessegnon right now? It's not working out great. Okay. So I'm sorry to go on a little bit of a rant about this, but I'm so sick and tired of Tottenham fans telling me it was the right move for Ryan Sessegnon. It was the wrong move for him. He needs to come back to Fulham, at least on loan. Needs to come back. Okay. Sorry to go off on a tangent there, guys. Hey. <laughs> All right. But let's end this show talking about player of the decade. So, Max, I'll give you first chance, your first opportunity. You'll be the first one to go here. Who's your player of the decade? I've, I've heard from some foam supporters. I'll share a little bit some of the feedback I've gotten. But who's your foam player of the decade? has to be Clint Dempsey and you know despite all we said about him leaving and his decision which I can really never forgive I have to say he's a player who made me feel at home with him uh it's personal too you know I, I moved to London start of 2010 and him being an American in London it really made me feel at home in a way he was someone I looked up to who's my idol honestly he's probably still is my idol for what he did at the club and he was someone who, who came to the Premier League really is an unknown quantity and made a name for himself. And certainly in 2010-11, 2011-12, I think he showed every single quality which makes him a legendary player. Uh, again, I'll never forget, when he came on the pitch, he was going to give his all, and he was going to get stuck. He was going to elbow something in the face. He was going to shove his way to the ball. But he also, once he got to the ball, he produced the most brilliant skill. He, he'd do stuff that would shock you. He, he had the ingenuity and that creativeness. And it, it all came together in that magical 2011-12 season when he scored goals that honestly were outrageous. And the amount of goals he scored from a midfield position was was, was just breathtaking. I mean, what he did in that season, I, I really think, I mean, that's the Premier League. He wasn't just doing the championship like Mitro had been doing. Um, he did that in, in the best league in the world, the toughest league in the world, and scored more goals than, than almost anyone else in the league that season. I mean, uh, I just think we can't take that for granted how great that season was um, and how great he was, you know, I think 2010-11 and also towards the end of the Europa League run. He scored some important goals, but he was really more than anything. He was a talisman, and he knew okay. that he could make something happen to the pitch. And you can't ask for anything more. Okay. So you're going with Quint Dempsey. Giannis, how about you? Player of the decade, who was it? Britta Hangeland. Uh, I... I just, and I understand. I understand Max's arguments as well. Um, I, I, he's a. I'd love to get Clint on the on the show. Um, so would I. We, we've got. I mean, anyone knows got, Clint, please have him get in contact with me. I'd love to get Clint Dempsey on the show. We've got. We've got. Um, 
you know, if you look at the, the, the Americans that have played for us, uh, you know, Clinton, um, Carlos, obviously Brian McBride, uh, well, Emerson Hyman, you know, we've got we've got Americans that, 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 that have, have played well for our club. And, Tim Ream. Yeah, Tim Ream would be great to have them on the on, on the on the forum and chat to them because they've sure. you know their their personalities in their own right over here. Um, Britta Hangelum represented everything that was good about the club. Um, he he did everything with absolute quality and class and professionalism. He's still on the media, um, still talks well, extremely fondly of, of, of all of He's a very respected member of the Norwegian media. Um, and he was a captain. He was a true captain. He was truly the best um, best captain we'd had since Bobby Moore. Um, FA Cup final. So wow. Through. You know, and he just he, he exuded, exuded absolute class and... Um, you know, I can't. Uh, and again, we've done pretty well with Norwegian players. Eric Neverland is someone who I, oh. I actually believe. I mean, Eric Neverland, I think, would maybe make my 16. Um, wow. Even, even, I mean, look at the players we left out in this. In, in, oh, in I know. Place. Zoltan Guerin. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's. So many, so many great players. How about but, Simon um, Davis? I can keep going. Simon Davis, yeah. Simon, yeah. Simon Davis, yeah, yeah. Ashkan Dejaga. <laughs> no, he's actually good. Well, you know, at all. Not, he was a great player for us. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Dejaga got enough of a shake. Um, like Kasami. I mean, Kasami. Yep. I mean, for that world against Palace, but Kasami um, was pretty young when he when he when he left. Um, but Hangelum was just. Um, he was just absolute quality. And if you yep. look at the players that we've talked about today, they all had their very unique n- n- niches. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get some stick for Berbatov as an example. But Berbatov, Berbatov is, has the, I said this before and I'll say it again, the best first touch of any player I ever saw in the Premier League. He was, he was absolute silk, absolute silk. And yes, he had these lazy moments, but, but if you remember, those fans out there remember when George Best played for us in 77, 78 with Rodney Marsh. And George Best was past his prime. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. He just, you just, you know, you had a, I know every time he got the, the ball, you, you knew he was going to do something ridiculously special. And, uh, I mean, you, you, pay, you pay big bucks to watch that. because yep. that talent and the unpredictability. Um, but Hangelum was, just, it was, it was consistent. Extremely consistent and uh, huge, huge respect to him. And um, for me, he would be my yeah. He's I, I think yeah. It's, it's I don't think it's even close. As much as I love Clint, um, yep. to me, it would be better. I would have to go with you, Giannis. But a good argument by Max. And uh, I've actually had a few on Twitter mention Dempsey as well. But I have to go with Breda Hangland for all the reasons you said. Breda Hangland again, just a, a true leader out there and. We do miss him. I I think that uh, Michael Hector is doing a nice job right now. But Britta yes. Hanlon was a completely different level, Giannis. And uh, without him, none of the success that Fulham saw, again, happens without him. You know, and, and again, I also want to mention the partnership with Aaron Hughes. But if you're asking me a player of, of the decade, I think it has to go to Britta Hanlon. So I agree with you on that. Okay. 
Guys, fantastic show. Max, this was fun, wasn't it? It's the most fun I've had in weeks, Russ. <laughs> this is great. I know I really do love looking back. Um yeah. because of course I have really crystal connections with Fulham during this era. When I was over across the pond living there, really my one of my finest memories, uh, you know, in my life was 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 going to match a week in week out. I miss that yep. terribly. And honestly, I think it's baffling because those years, you know, 2010 to 2013 often get overlooked because you have, you know, the really big peak of the Europa League final and you have the massive lows of relegation and then the, the more recent highs of promotion, whatever. But it seems like those middle years, we played, I'm not going to say we played great football, but we had great matches. And I just think it's, it's taken for granted how we were out there beating the best teams in the world each season. And we were drawing Even Chelsea. some of the draws, Max. Yeah, I mean, we were a tough team to play. And big about sides the draw here at the Manchester United? Do you remember that? Sorry? The draw at Manchester United. Darren Bent. That's oh, right. Oh, 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 the relegation season. I, 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 <laughs> I was like, Russ, what are you talking about? Are you were high. I bought that entire season off my mind, Russ. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> but that was funny. No. Yeah, we honestly should have won that game when Sidwell put us up. But... You know, we were we were an established Premier League team, yep. and it's really nice to look back on those times because we know how absolutely awful the last season the Premier League was, yep. and we were a shadow of our former self. So it's nice to think, you know, we were good once. You know, we're bad, but we were good. Yeah, no, it's good <laughs> stuff. And listen, I've thoroughly enjoyed doing the show, and Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on just doing the show again. It's so funny. When, when I think of Darren Ben, I always think of you. So it's funny how I mention this and Darren Ben comes up. So anyways, I hope that you enjoy doing this show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think I needed this with everything going on in the world. How about you? Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, it's funny that Darren Ben would come up in this because that was the one um, – Rene Mullenstein was was our manager at the time. That's right. And that was the the game at Old Trafford where we just got absolutely pummeled. All the crosses in the box, remember that? That's right. And then Ben pops up and scores scores late. It was it was uh, felt like a victory. Yeah, it's another one of those who maybe should have you know Ben actually had a decent goal scoring record. He just for me. For me, you can be a lazy player if you've got the real quality and silky skills to produce something out of nothing. I mean, I've taken enough stick about Berber um, over the years. But I just, I just, and it's funny when we, the night before the, um, and, I, and I'm going to say in the last many years, I, I, it's a sort of moments I'll never forget. The night before the um, the night before the playoff final against Villa, when Fulham released a video of former players wishing oh. the team luck, and I mean to, to me, it still gives me goosebumps. Scott, Scotty I just Parker, watched it recently, Giannis. I, yeah, amazing. Scotty Parker, you know, Berbatov. Um, Berbatov, yeah. And, and when I said Berbatov, I, I thought, you know, yeah, yeah. He didn't need you know, to do that, Giannis. I'm glad that we're no, talking about this because I'm thinking about this while we're doing this show because Berba has a mixed reception when it comes to Fulham supporters. You, you mentioned being lazy. He didn't have to do that video. I have a feeling he loves the club or why else would he have done that? Yeah, and 
I think, um, you know, we, we saw modern football is very, very different to what it used to be. I'm going to sound very, very old when I say this. I, you know, growing up in the 70s and the 80s, and the older listeners will remember players like Glenn Hoddle, Tony Curry, um, Frank Worthington, Stan Bowles. These are these were considered maverick players who had lots of skill that could do things, and you just George Best, of course, because George Best was great of them all. And you don't often have players that can do stuff like uh, like that. Berbatov was in that class where he just did things, and you just went, "Holy, what was that?" Um, so when I saw that video beforehand, I thought it was just brilliant because, you know, uh, Fulham is a loved club. Um, you know, universally, I think they're, they're extremely well respected. About the only fans that say anything negative are the, the Brentford fans, but oh. they're a toilet toilet for a stadium. So you know, that's that's what they do. And they, yeah, and it was really funny on on Twitter the other day. They had the stadium. I don't know if you saw the Stadium World Cup and Championship yep. World Yes, yeah, for the best away ground. And we played, we had the fodder in the final, we still beat them. They still, they, which I thought was great because that's probably the closest they're ever going to get to a trophy anyway. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, we're, 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 we're a much loved club and um, yeah. you know, the personalities that, that make that happen. But, uh, yeah, it, um, it was quite the decade. We had Mark Fotheringham. That's right. That's right, Giannis. And what's interesting about this is that while we're doing the show, I'm thinking about because when you look at this, and we don't have all the accolades of some of the bigger clubs, but we have a lot of memories. And that's what we did today on this show is looking back some of the memories. And there's a lot of good stuff that you can really look at in, in the past decade. And that's why I'm so glad we did this show. But I do want to mention this because uh, we, we're talking about this for uh, a week now. and um, and Yannison, I'll go back to you. We're going to be doing videos on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. And we are compiling a list of different topics we're going to talk about. And there are several different topics, and we're going to do videos on them. And it's going to be a lot of fun looking back at the past, because it is looking back at the past. And just looking at the titles that we're going through, it just reminds me of how lucky I am to be a foam supporter. I just wanted to say that. Because we're going to be talking about the Great Escape. We'll be talking about the Man City match away. There are so many different matches, individual matches, a transfer moves. Max already talked about one that we need to do talk about when Fulham lost Clint Dempsey and uh, Musa Dembele, but gained Berbatov. We're going to talk about all that because there's a lot to look back at and, and be happy that we're all Fulham supporters. I just wanted to let everyone know. I'm sorry, Yannis. I'll give you the final word. Oh no, 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 no. It's all, it's all good. I just, I, you know, to all the listeners out there, you know, stay home, stay safe, stay safe, stay healthy. This coronavirus is not a joke. Um, so many people, so many governments around the world. Unfortunately, most governments are going to, in a sense, have blood on their hands because they underestimated what happened in China. And I know, obviously, in the UK, things are bad there. For Spain and Italy, they're obviously worse here than not it's not very good and the u.s is getting absolutely pounded right now especially down your neck of the woods at the eastern seaboard yeah and um there's some frightening stories coming out um and 
this is not a planet world I've ever lived in, or probably any of us have. And it's, um, we just have to hunker down until this, we get through this. It's going to be a while though, so I'm sure we're going to have a chance to do several more shows of this and have some fun. Maybe we can do a worst team of the decade. That could I was be just enough. thinking about that, Yanis. It's funny because it's already been suggested to me that we could do the exact opposite. I think we need to do that. I think that would be fun as well to just have a little fun talking about the worst team of the decade. That, that could be fun. Good stuff there, oh, my yeah, friend. Yeah, Max, yeah. before we go, again, I, just, I mentioned I would give Yanis a final word. I, I also need to give you a final word. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Yeah, I think uh... – you know, we talked about all the, the great players, but I think some of the players we didn't mention, um, Rafi Kalish uh, is hey. among them. Uh, uh, Karim, actually, Karim Fry, that's a serious one. I think he, I really Oh, like I like Karim, Karim Fry. Uh, yeah. Alexander Hakanichlich. Oh, jeez. Uh, he's, he's, he's a really oh, nice I like player. Kajunik. I like Kaka. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking about bringing up his name. I've not heard that name in a long time. That's no. all I and, this is, and he was a real servant to, to Fulham. Yep. He stayed around a lot longer than I thought he would. Um, I'm just thankful no one brought up Brian Rees, I have a personal bone to pick with him, but glad he, he, he was not okay. in, in the best play. Um, uh, not personal, just I always thought he was a overrated player. And then um, one more, Steve Sidwell. You know, he, again, Sid, he stuck uh, with us a long time. And also Scotty Parker. Okay. I think he was also yep. a to the club. So Good stuff. We actually, it's, it's, been, it's been a great 10 years of Fulham. We have a lot of highs and lows, but. We we have been lucky to have a lot of great characters as players. That's right. And you know maybe we can do the worst players in the, of the decade. And that will be a fun one too. <laughs> I think we need to do that. That yeah. will be fun. So I'm gonna put that on the list of uh, shows to do. That that would be fun. But guys, it's been a great show. And uh, as I'll just be saying on a regular basis, you'll see this on Twitter every single day. I'm doing it and on Facebook. Stay safe and be healthy. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cars Talk. For my co-host, Jan Shanaez and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cars Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.